0: Hello, and welcome to this very special year-end episode of the Movie Mouth Podcast, where we say goodbye to this up-and-down year for both movies and TV by talking about the best and the worst moments of the year. Favorite movie of the year, favorite performances, best moments on TV, director of the year and predictions for the upcoming Oscars. We'll discuss all of this while looking ahead to 2022, and the movies and TV we're looking forward to the most. This is Miles, and my New Year's resolution is to be nicer to my fellow co-host. Speaking of which, I'm joined by my Movie Mouth co-host and producer, a man who's watched his fair share of movies and TV this year, all the while actually running his own companies, playing multiple new trades, redecorating his house, growing a really sexy man bun, and being an all-round incredible human being, friend, husband, son and brother it's that sack of shit phil
1: hi phil welcome back. <laughs> welcome to the show <laughs> oh that's nice isn't it thanks well, miles
0: technically at the time of recording it's still 2021 so i haven't actually defaulted
1: on my new year's resolution but we'll see no. if it holds yeah well you know i'll take that i'll take it i've got that recorded now so you can never take it back Mm.
0: I don't think I'll ever want to. So how would you sum up <laughs> 2021 either in movies, TV, or just generally,
1: Phil? Well, that's difficult, isn't it? Hmm. Um Well a lots happened this year, isn't it? I went I went off a of furlough and then I went back to a new job. So that was that was crazy. But then, you know, that's boring, and I wanted to hear about that. We're a film podcast. Um So basically
0: in, you were doing nothing for most of the year, for half the year, and then for the rest of it you were working like crazy.
1: Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. And, you know, and then watching lots of films.
0: <laughs> join, join the club. Just the other way around. Um, yeah. <laughs> you bastard. But you have been busy.
1: And it's been, been a hell of a year boy. for the Movie Mouth podcast as well, wouldn't you say? Hasn't it? We're up to... What's this now? This is our... Um, Technically, it's our
0: 38th or 39th episode, I believe.
1: Yeah, I think so. Yeah, it is. It's a lot. That's a lot. Three, three I specials. Mean, well, this would be our fourth special of the year. Actually. I was trying to count up the other day the um, the minutes that people could listen to us for, and it's it's an obscene amount of minutes of us chatting bullshit, isn't it? <laughs> I, re- I mean, it really is.
0: Yeah. And then we've got fifteen plus years of friendship of those minutes as well. Just an absolute <laughs> unadulterated bullshit. But yeah, in this case, recorded for for your listening pleasure. Yeah. Lucky lucky people. That's all I can lucky say. Backers. But thank you to our subscribers. I think we should
1: probably say yes absolutely thanks everyone that listens uh, wherever you may be and we can see there's a lot of you from all around the world mm. it's really interesting to see where people listen from um yes thanks very much for listening and hope you carry on into the new year absolutely. and beyond yeah
0: keep it coming please do keep subscribing and talking about us and sharing stories on instagram and messaging us We've got some really exciting things coming up as well in 2022. We're actually just launching our brand new website, which Phil has been hard at work on. And we've got some fun stuff like merchandise as well that we're going to be releasing as well in the store. So if you'd like to pick Mm -hmm. up T-shirts and mugs and fun things that show your allegiance to the Movie Mouth podcast, we'll be releasing those. We'll be sharing them on our social media channels in due course. Um, But yes, thank you all very much for listening. Okay, well, we're not alone, Phil, are we? We're not. I can see someone watching me. There's someone watching me too. Just (coughs) when you thought two movie mouthers were better than one, a third appears in the form of an accomplished film journo, a man who is literally qualified and experienced at reviewing movies, Uh, a man who has taken a huge step towards actual filmmaking this year in a proud-to-know-him kind of moment, a man who has been projectionist at Albra Cinema in the UK, projecting some of this year's best films for audiences, A man who travelled with his cousin to Scotland on a road trip to visit the locations of some of his favourite films. It's that lovely, decent, cuddly man with a constant twinkle in his Paul Hollywood blue eyes. Welcome back to the Movie Mouth podcast, Sean Um, That's Sean. What? Who are you?
2: What have you done with Paul Hollywood Hollywood eyes? eyes?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, nice to, look, I can be nice rude to, to be Phil, back. but I'm not going to re- be rude to our. I'm not going to be rude
1: to our guest host. Otherwise, you will never come back on. Uh, I don't trust him, Sean. Do you? I don't like it. He's he's doing hey, something. something. I'm waiting. For, I'm waiting He's being for nice, nice to us.
2: Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah hey guys. Right. Hmm. Hello. How's
0: it, how's it going, Sean? How would you sum up your 2021? Oh,
2: my 2021. Um. Bit of a mixed bag, really, wasn't it? I think it's probably a fair Mm. way to put it. I mean, mine's been okay. Um, Take Well, not that you can really take COVID out of the equation, can you? But um, yeah, a few changes, as you sort of alluded to. I actually went back to school about 30 years late and started a screenwriting degree, um, which has kind of been a bit of a shock to the grey matter to spin that back up to speed. But it's going okay. Doing all right. Um, kind of back to front, going from critic to writing the things, which is a bit of a poacher tone gamekeeper approach, I guess. But no, it's good. It's all good. <laughs> You're going to be one of those yeah, dangerous can...
0: critics that actually can say when you critique something that you could do a better
1: job. <laughs> <laughs> he can just critique himself <laughs> while he's doing it. Yeah,
2: exactly. <laughs> so just permanently. find myself like in a, a loop. loop. Yeah. <laughs> No, it's dream good of the dream. It's good. No, yeah. O- overall, yeah. As years go, yeah, probably one of the better ones on balance.
0: Nicely put. And welcome back to the show. Thanks again for uh, for coming back on and joining us. Um, Always a pleasure. So I think you know what we what we what, what we wanted to do is jump into, I think, a, a little. Let's just say a palate cleanse, something to set the scene to talk a little bit back through the year to get your memories going back as far as possible throughout this year. So I thought we'd get us started off with a little ice-breaking quiz of 2021.
1: Oh, God. Oh, God.
0: Christ. How, is your, oh, how would
1: you say is your general knowledge of films and TV of this year, gents? Well, considering you know, I'm the co-host of a film podcast, it's pretty bloody awful, to be funny. <laughs> if we're going to fully honest. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> so this should be fun.
2: Okay. Can't go wrong. I mean, people, I've got a bit live yeah. on
1: air that I basically make up everything on the spot. So, <laughs> you know, <laughs> let's see. I'm going to make up some answers to these questions as well.
0: That's typically how you answer things in general. But, um, okay. I mean, bear in mind that I've written these questions. So Satan right. is, in, is in the building. Um, yeah. But yeah, I will I will be asking you both a series of questions. And should you not, by the end of it, have a clear winner, then there will be a tiebreaker question. Um, okay. So, so, Phil, since you're you're so keen to get going on this, I can't I wait. I'd start, I thought I'd start with you. <laughs> Let's do it. Okay, Phil. Yes. Lock in. Netflix released the Dwayne Johnson, Ryan Reynolds, and Gal Gadot big budget movie Red Notice this year. It's most expensive movie to date. But can you tell me? how much it cost in US dollars and i'm going to give you a multiple choice
1: oh okay was it a
0: 150 million dollars was it b 175 million dollars or was it c 200 million dollars
1: i had 200 million in my head uh, when you asked the initial question so i'm going to go with c 200 million
0: It was C. Congrats, Phil (laughs) Weldon.
1: Oh my God, I got a question right.
0: Wow. Well, I'm just going to go. I'm just going to leave now. (laughs) Okay, right. Sean, pressure's on. This is like penalties in the Euro final. Let's not talk about that either. Um, (laughs) Director Paul Thomas Anderson released his ninth full-length feature film this year. Can you tell me what is its title? And I will give you a bonus point if you can tell me the name of the male actor playing the lead role.
2: Licorice Pizza. And it's Correct. Philip Seymour Hoffman's son, isn't it? Don't don't look at I me for gone.
0: for guidance because you saw what I did with Phil. I was giving him the thumbs down when, yeah, he, was, yeah. when he said 200,
2: <laughs> 200 million. Let me doubt myself. No. No, it's not there. <laughs>
0: You, I mean, you—you no. almost got it. You're right. It is Philip Seymour Hoffman's son. It's Cooper Hoffman. But I just Cooper thought, with Hoffman. your film knowledge, sir, that you might—you might have maxed that one out. All I might right, have known something? Yeah, yeah one yeah, that's one. A
2: fair point. No, no if you—if you could just rub it in at any opportunity as well, Miles, I'd appreciate it.
0: I will continue <laughs> to do that throughout the duration of this podcast. Excellent, excellent, excellent. Phil, yes. Which Nicholas Cage movie? Scored a ninety-seven percent fresh rating on Rotten
1: Tomatoes this year. Oh, that's got to be um, pig, pig. Shame on just them, pig.
0: <laughs> the pigs, the pigs. You.
1: are <laughs> right. It was. Pig. Oh my god! Yay, I actually yeah. Actually, heard it was quite decent. I need to watch it. I've not. Bonus, watched it bonus point if you can name the director. Oh uh, no! <laughs> name the pig. We have to name the director of that. Okay, named it was Michael
0: Sarnoski. I named the pig. Named okay. the pig. <laughs> All right, mm. two one. Sean, pressure building again. Ugh. Director, and I realize I may have shot myself in the foot with this. Director Edgar <laughs> Wright launched the recommended by Movie Mouth podcast thriller. Last Night in Soho in 2021, starring Anya Taylor-Joy, what was his other
2: film released in 2021? Uh, um, The Sparks Brothers documentary. Correct. Sparks
1: Brothers documentary on Netflix. Good job. I completely forgot what that was. Yeah. Well done.
0: I just realized as I started reading out that question that Sean actually met. Edgar Wright this year <laughs> and probably listen to him in conversation. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, we're getting down to the last question here unless we have to go to a tiebreaker. So this is, you know, scary times for you, mm-hmm. Phil. No pressure. You, you talked rid- about, Phil, how Die Hard is your favorite Christmas movie on our holiday special episode. Oh, God. Yeah. But can you tell me how many movies did Bruce Willis appear in, in 2021? Oh, God. I'm going to give you three choices, okay? And okay. I don't want to see you on IMDb. I don't want to see your face illuminated no. with, with IMDb. <laughs> yellow. With <like> okay. Yellow. <laughs> yellow. <laughs> with IMDb written backwards across your forehead. Um, Shame. Okay, so how many films was Bruce Willis in, in 2021? was it? We're starting high. Seven. Jeez. Right. <laughs> 8 or 9
1: 7 8 or 9 I'm going to go with I'm going to go with 8 Yeah Okay um,
0: I'm I'm going to have to break down these films for you as we go through Yeah um but I can tell you that this year he starred in nine movies. Oh my God. And you, tell me if, you, if you've heard of any of them. The first one is Cosmic Sin, <laughs> where he played James Ford. There was Midnight in the Switchgrass, where he played Carl with a K, which is a little hark back die to hard. Die Hard. Yeah. Um, Out of Death, he played Jack Harris. Survive the Game, he played David. Apex, he played Thomas Malone. Hair of the Dog, he played Burger. I don't know if he was an actual Burger. (laughs) He just...
1: (laughs) Burger One. Come out
0: to the cars, get together, put some onions on me. Deadlock, he played... Deadlock, he played Ron Whitlock. Wow. Deadlock, send in Whitlock. Uh, (laughs) Fortress, I'm still not done. He played Robert. And... That well-known classic, American Siege. He played
1: Ben Watts. <laughs> yeah, I mean, maybe I should. I watched the trailers for more of those than I care to admit, and I was disappointed every time. <laughs>
0: but every every trailer that you watched sounded
1: exactly the same as the other. Yes, one. it was yeah. like this film was clearly made uh, with Bruce Willis's involvement for about a day or two at most. <laughs> I'm just, going, just, I'm just I going I'm just going through wa- all of these. I even now. watched that's one of that's them. That's hysterical. I even watched one you of watched that, one? and I can't oh even God. remember which
2: one it was.
0: I'm I'm actually going through this list right now just to see in terms of ratings what we got. So I can tell you well, there's two two things that have come out of this quick review that I've done here, folks, and this is like this is live podcasting for you. I can tell you firstly that none of these movies got higher than a five out of ten on IMDB. But also that my calculations were wrong because even though it's stated as being released in 2021, that up and coming classic hair of the dog, in fact, is marked down as coming soon. So that would say, Phil, that that nine wow. was in fact an eight <gasps> taking you uh,
1: back to a three 2 lead. <laughs> Whoa! Wait, can I use a um? Can I use one of our fancy uh, sound clips just to yes, just to cheer me on a bit? Yeah, please. It's the Phil
0: podcast, okay, and welcome back. (laughs) So, right, less about you, Phil. Let's move on to Sean because we do have another. Co-host yeah, I mean, I've week. not won yet, have I? No, you haven't. Yeah, I mean, you're playing the applause just to wind <laughs> really? Sean up. Bless him. Yep. he's yep. sweating. Look, he's sweating bullet. I know you can't see this podcast listeners, but Sean is visibly sweating <laughs> he is. and uh, ruffled. I would say, yeah, Sean to tie it up. Aquafina or Aquafina starred in Shang Chi and the Ten Rings this year for Marvel, and Gemma Chan starred in Marvel's Eternals, but they both appeared in a Disney animation this year. Can you name it? No. Phil, have you got any? Uh, have you got any uh, sound effects that you want to
2: put up? I
0: don't. And the answer is. No. He can't get it. He's got it. He hasn't got it. He's got it. It. nothing. He's got nothing. You've got nothing in the tank. Just have one guess. A guess. Disney Animation. Aquafina. I can't even what animations they came this out year. with. This year.
2: I've got nothing. I've got oh. nothing. I've got no... Nothing no in the knowledge. tank. No. no, sorry.
0: Phil, fire it over to you. Do you, want to a, do you want to have a stab?
1: Um, Just to rub it in. No, I... I've not been... Uh, I'm not up to date with the animations for this year, I'm afraid. I've not really watched any.
0: Okay. So no, I was, can't answer that one. It was Raya and the Last Dragon. Oh. Uh-huh. Which actually, okay. I have to say, was very good. Okay. Very good. If you get a chance to watch it, really good. And a great soundtrack from uh, James Newton Howard. Really, really good. So that leaves us with a 3-2 victory, bizarrely, Yes. Insanely unscriptedly to Phil,
1: whoo, Phil. Worthy winner, we do the cheering thing again.
2: Yes, a worthy winner. Well, I'm worthy, winner. A worthy oh, yeah. winner.
1: Um, thanks everyone. This really is quite cheesy, isn't it?
0: Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's terrible. I'm gonna stop it. Uh, I love the way it just cuts as well. It's like they just no, stop I stopped immediately, it. I stopped. Like, like they've been <laughs> murdered in their seats. Um, <laughs> I'll tell you what, though, I'll tell you what, I will do just to reclaim, just to reclaim some faith in Sean I will I will ask you the tiebreaker question you can just you can never go answering it but if if you get this we'll just we'll give you we'll just well I mean so think thinking about as as being a sometime listener of the movie mouth podcast you may know the answer to this one but what do Guillermo del Toro
2: Willem Dafoe (laughs) and Gal Gadot all have in common uh, you call them all William? It's close. It's close.
0: <laughs> You're very close. I'll give you another stab at it. Go on.
2: You pronounced their wrong- names wrong. Who calls them? <laughs>
0: yeah! Phil <laughs> <laughs> continuously got their names wrong throughout the year. We had Gilmero um, del Toro. We had William Defoe, And we had Gal Gadot. <laughs> Godot, and uh, and I, I just want Defoe to say <laughs> William Defoe, Gilmero, William no Defoe, Gilmero yeah, del Toro, and William Defoe. Yeah, Gadot turns up. Um, all right, okay. <laughs> faith, I think faith is restored in you, Sean. And the fact <laughs> that, it back. That, that that Phil beat you in that quiz. I mean, really, you should have a long, hard look at yourself. You be <laughs> um, yourself. Uh, okay. So <laughs> now that that's out of the way, let's jump into the serious <laughs> stuff. Let's get into the, let's get into the best of, of last year. Um, Sean, would you like to get us started off with your top five TV shows
2: from five down to one? Okay. Um, yeah, so I kind of given the couple of years that we've generally had I've, I wanted to go in with feel good in my number five. Feel good guilty pleasure show, and I think I really should say only murders in the building because it is a lot of fun. But I'm going to help, I'm going to hope someone else goes there, and instead, I'm going to make a rare case for the Magnum PI reboot. We've had three full seasons, season four is underway, and it's just good, old fashioned, some would say too old fashioned, escapist fun. But the cast have got good chemistry, it's an hour of Beautiful people in beautiful places doing silly things. Nothing more, nothing less. Please don't hit me.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Nothing to hit here. Scott, isn't it um, (laughs) the guy from Hostel in that? Jay Hernandez? Yeah, Jay Hernandez, yeah. Mm. Is he?
2: who? So who's he playing in that? I I haven't actually seen it. He plays Magnum. It's a reboot. Does it? He plays Thomas Magnum. The old Tom Selleck role. And um, does he have a glorious cast? Higgins. Higgins is now, now a blonde English lady, of course. So, to, to provide a bit of will, though, aren't they? But, you know, it's just, it is what it is. Escapist nonsense. But doesn't get a lot of love. Yeah. So, I thought I'd throw it out.
0: Fair enough. Fair enough. Love that. That was your number three?
2: I got that in at five. he said, oh, I'll go in at five.
0: Oh, sorry. I thought um, you would, I thought you
2: started. yet. Yeah. Go. Yeah. Um, I'll go into four. For four, I've got um, Kevin can himself. I um, don't know if you guys have done that one. Division was great, wonderfully creative twist on the traditional sitcom, but for me, Kevin takes it dark. Uh, I love Annie Murphy in it. Mm. Production value is through the roof. Doesn't always necessarily deliver on its potential, but it has a lot to say, and for the most part, I think says it well. Hmm. Um, a good choice. Where did you? Watch, three, where are you watching that in I've the UK? Got, I know it's on AMC over here, but I think that was on Sky. I watched it through mm. now. Now TV. I think it's through Sky. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, good. Mm-hmm. You know, a few good guys are giving it a chance, but uh, liked it. Uh, hmm. Three. I've got uh, Mayor of East Town. Um, mm. We all know Winslet's good. But I thought this was a proper Warts and all leading actress performance, throwing a good story. All right, a bit cliche at times. You know, she has to she even has to literally hand in her gun at one point. But um <laughs> it was good good supporting cast. It was a winner for me. It was good stuff.
0: I had good things about it. I haven't actually seen it. Um yeah. but it's it's on HBO here right now. I think for me I just there was just there's so many, you know, as you said, cops, cop shows, murder shows, small town mm. shows. Over the last few years, particularly on HBO, and I just think it was—it was kind of difficult to get around to it, but I did hear it was very, very mm. well critically acclaimed, and audiences seemed to love it as well.
2: Yeah, I would—I would, I would that's say on that's HBO worth Here,
0: it. and oh. I'm guessing Sky over there, is it? That Sky over here, yeah,
2: yeah. Mm. Um, in second, I've got The White Lotus. Um, thought it was stunning to look at, gloriously unsettling and weird, and I thought i, I found it really, really funny. And kudos to Murray Bartlett, He created the funniest hotel manager since Basil Fawlty, I think. Brilliant. And
0: the best mustache since Basil Fawlty as well. (laughs) Indeed.
2: Indeed. Yeah. 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 I did enjoy that. Yeah. Um, Number one, I've got Midnight Mass. Uh, Sorry. Yeah. So, yeah. Number one, I've got Midnight Mass. Too long, too wordy, but beautifully produced, genuinely creepy. And that rarest of rare, I'd say, it brings something new to a genre that I'm not going to name because it's probably getting a bit spoilery for people who haven't seen it, but uh, yeah, really enjoyed that
0: for sure, and a lot a lot of people saying that's Mike Flanagan's best work after the Haunting of Hill House, Bly Manor um and obviously some some of his other movies and stuff, but I think he just creates amazing content. Um, I actually haven't seen Midnight Mass either, and it's another one that I've been meaning to get around to. Um, it's just trying to find the time to be to have the, sh- the living
2: piss get out of you, really, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know. Absolutely. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I really enjoyed Doctor <laughs> Sleep. I thought that was, uh, I thought that was terrific. His previous work, in fact, I thought that actually enhanced The Shining, which I have always had issues with Kubrick Shining yeah. for a long time. And I thought that actually made The Shining a better movie. Um, so, yeah, but no, yeah. good nightmare. If you haven't done it, like I say, it's too long, too much, too much talking, but overall, yeah, that's top notch.
0: Great. Sounds like an amazing top five list.
1: Phil, can you do any better? What were your top five, starting with number five? <laughs> I definitely can't do any better. Mine is, um, yeah, just, uh, I guess, in, well, sort of in an order, but I'll breeze through mine because all mm. of mine are, Quite well, nothing really groundbreaking, but things that I've just enjoyed throughout the year. Enjoyed, yeah. This is, I mean, this is what this is about, isn't it? It's what, what did you enjoy? It's not about, oh, yeah, you know, what did the critics like and did you agree with them? It's what, what did you like this year? So, yeah, so mine was in at number five was um part three or I guess season three of um Disenchantment, the animation on Netflix, Matt Groening, Um, Matt Groening, yeah. Um, really enjoyed the first two. Like parts as they call them they they're they're pretty short each one. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was I hadn't really seen anything about a part three coming up and it sort of suddenly sprung up. So I was quite um quite glad to see it. So that was good. I really enjoyed that. It's it's really it's really funny. Uh and it's well done. I don't think they should I don't think it's the kind of thing they should carry on for very long. But um I think I kinda try and remember what happened to the end of it now. It was quite Kind while of ago. like
0: kind of like a fantasy
1: take on Futurama, isn't it? It's like Yeah, basically, yeah. It's mm. like yeah, it's like Futurama if it was in the medieval times, but it's uh, it's really good, uh, really entertaining. Um, number four, I put um, Snowpiercer season two. Again, mm. it it's nothing amazing, but I just really enjoyed the first series of it. It was it's quite a different sort of story. I like those. I always like a sort of dystopian disaster type setting for for films and TV programs. So I was quite enjoying that. And season two was pretty good. It was, um, you know, it kept me entertained, kept me intrigued, um, to see where they go with it. Uh, again, it's the kind of thing where I don't think they should, <laughs> they should really push it on for too long, but I'm enjoying, I'm, I'm enjoying watching it at the moment. Yeah. Um, so that was good season so 2 of that. I really, um, yeah. I really enjoyed the film of that is it would you recommend it even for someone who I've it? not Have watched the, the film thing? yet so I, st- I still right. need to watch okay. the film okay. yeah. yeah I still need to oh. watch it so that's on my to do list. Um, okay. so yeah I hadn't I didn't know anything about it when it came out I knew it was based on like the film or which I think I can't remember if mm. this is based on a graphic novel or not. Um, it is yeah, it I is. Think yeah, yeah based I it on yeah. it yeah yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah no I need to watch the film. Um, to compare, but I sort of didn't want to watch the film. I don't know how closely the, se- the series follows the film, well, so I didn't. I, watch I've it.
0: seen the film, um, and I've seen some of season one, and it's it, it's pretty close, but clearly more expansive in the yeah. in the scope in the show. Right, it's obviously a lot. It moves cover, a lot slower. Yeah. The movie, I, the movie, I enjoy, but I just found it a little too all over the place. I think this gives you a bit more time to settle in with the mm. communities that live on the train, right? Which is kind of yeah, what it's, it's all about. Idea. Which is which it gives it. Mm. Yeah, it fleshes it out a bit more. But um mm. but yeah, a really interesting film. It was Chris Evans, wasn't it? Uh Bong
1: yeah. Joon-ho. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, right. Directed it. Um number 3, I put Sweet Tooth in there, season 1. Mm. Um again, dystopian <laughs> future. Yes. Um again, I really enjoyed it for a first series. Um it was I thought it was good performances all around in it. it. It looked really nice, a bit, I guess, CGI heavy in places, but it did look really good. Um, and yeah, I really enjoyed that. So that was on Netflix. Um, number two, what did I put for that? Oh, yeah, uh, season three of what we do in the shadows. Cause you turn me on to what we do in the shadows, miles, cause I yep. watched the film and then I didn't realize that they had like a series of it featuring some mm. of my favorite, like, british comic actors oh yes <laughs> so um we absolutely drilled through the first two series of it and then recently i think it was a couple of months ago they released the third series which came out on bbci player over here jackie daytona <laughs> and yeah human i human bartender <laughs> yeah um uh yeah brilliant just really good fun, just nice short episodes. This kind of thing you just stick on while you're eating dinner or Brilliant. whatever and just enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Um, but some real good comedy moments in that. And then number one, again, I'm gonna sort of jump on the band, bandwagon a bit with this, but I really did enjoy Squid Game. Um, it was unexpected. Uh, I think, like, every I don't know, it became. I didn't jump on it when everyone else was jumping on it. It's yeah. just the, I just saw it come up on Netflix and I sort of like just putting on random stuff. So I thought well, that looks interesting. So I put that on and then it was only, then I just, again, like went. I was really like sucked in by it and went through all of it. And then, yeah, I mean, I'll probably talk about this a little bit later, but yeah, I really enjoyed Squid Game. Um, but then, yeah, everyone else jumped on it and it's, it's become a thing, isn't it? That's all right, Phil. We know you're a hipster. Don't worry. Yeah, it's fine. No problem. We know <laughs> you're the crowd. <laughs> you actually recommended it to me,
0: if you remember. I actually didn't did. it. I was, I, did, I was yeah. after you, and that was already oh in the eleventh hour. Yeah, I right. was already refusing to watch it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, I won't be watching that. If everyone's watching it, I shan't be watching it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, there's a lot I like about that, and I think probably talk about that a little bit. Well, maybe in the not too distant future. All right. And another excellent list and not a lot of
0: crossover between yourself and Sean, which is good. And, and actually there's a little bit of both in mind, but, um, I'll, I'll start off with my, my top five, start from number five, uh, comedy, which is unusual for me, but I'll put a comedy in the top five list. Curb Your Enthusiasm season 11, Larry David being Larry David. Um, it started off a little shaky. I thought the first episode was a little, a little off. I don't know why, but it was made during lockdown. So I don't know whether there was a lot of, you know, whether it was difficult bringing it all together, but as the, as the season progressed, it's just, it's just up there. It just, Curb Enthusiasm Curb Enthusiasm for me is on a completely different level to a lot of TV comedy. It's like sacred for me when there's a mm-hmm. new episode that's out, I will literally save it until I am fully awake and engaged and able to watch it and enjoy it, if that makes sense. Yeah. It's yeah. not like, you know, to your point, what we, what we do in the shadows, which is, the perfect 20 minute stick it on chuckle away you know and then forget about it It, not not to not to say that it's it's not as good or comparable in any way just for me Kirby enthusiasm is just such good quality and such so funny so number five definitely Kirby enthusiasm I will I will say this um, from an HBO perspective that I think this year they put out some of their most um, expansive type of projects things that they were not just i'm not just talking about the max series but i'm talking about the hbo themselves the the typical studio Mm -hmm. um you know and obviously the likes of succession season three which i still haven't got around to watching yet i'm sure it would probably make my top five but like sean i absolutely fell in love with this weird wonderful show um that i need to give a shout out to my nephew jasper who actually told me to watch it and i watched it and I hated it, and he told me to persevere, and I fell in love with it. And that is, of course, White Lotus, which Sean said pretty much everything about. Um, and you know, in a kind of you know uh, blow smoke up my own ass kind of moment, I did go to Hawaii and stay in the fucking White Lotus hotel in <laughs> Maui and walk around <laughs> while watching that show <laughs> again. It was awesome. Um, so I really love that film love that show and i'm really looking forward to see what mike white makes with the next season um which apparently is going to be based somewhere in europe um from the sound of things so um with a whole new different a different cast so looking forward to that number 3 thanks to phil squid game i thought it was perfect i think from start to finish um i mean and a you know foreign language show as well um culturally different you know i spent My girlfriend and I spent most of the time trying to figure out the conversion rate from um, Korean won into U.S. dollars, trying to figure out how much the prize money was as it totaled up. We were like, (laughs) what is that, like 50 bucks? I don't know, like uh, (laughs) (laughs) 23 million won, 68 pounds, 99. Um, (laughs) But, you know, but it was just brilliant. Uh, It was an amazing show. Uh, The characters are awesome. And, you know, also cinematography, director of photography, whatever you want to call it. It was beautiful. It's framed really nicely, um, really suspenseful and perfect TV. I don't know what they're going to do with the season two. I feel like leave it at season one, but we'll see what happens with season two. We're getting into MCU territory now, as you would probably expect. For me, number two, WandaVision. Hated it. First episode. Hated the second episode. Huh, there's something going on here in the third episode. And by the end of it, just completely different TV than we're used to. Smart, intelligent, um, retrospective in you know, obviously made by people that are in love with the format of TV sitcoms, classic TV sitcoms that we all grew up on, you know, like Bewitched and and I Dream of Genie and so on. Um, but obviously the way that continues the MCU story as well was just phenomenal, big screen blockbuster movie making on the on the small screen. And then my far and away number one greatest show of the year, which I've seen twice and probably will see it for a third time, Disney Plus is Loki, which I just it just blew me away. I, I I don't I don't know why. It just it talked to me in ways that the other shows didn't, and and I thought that you know it was a it was a piece of visual art and uh, and had some great cameos as well. Uh, looking at you, Richard E. Grant, who was in that as well. So yeah, my my number one was Loki. But I think we're all we all did a good list there, gents. And good list. Yeah, uh, good list. I think I'm now. I have hours and hours and hours of more. Shows that I need to now go and watch are the ones that I haven't seen that've you've, that you've seen so thanks again for that okay in light of the top shows of the year, what would you say um, Sean get you started off what would you say was your streaming app or channel of the year
2: for, for television content specifically um, I think I'm, pro- I'm probably in terms of how they're presented here in the UK I think I'm pretty pretty much spread across all of them here. Um, I mean, I think if I had to land on one, I'd probably say Disney Plus, not necessarily because it's got the best content, but it just looks so fucking cool when you open it. (laughs) Um,
1: (laughs) First impressions and all that.
2: Yeah. I'll go with that. I'll I'll stick with that. Yeah, I'll go with
1: Disney Plus.
0: Mm. Mm. And and Phil, I, I know that you're... Predominantly more of a Netflix, Amazon, Sky TV customer.
1: Yep. So, what would you say of those of those choices? I think I think Sky puts out like a really good mix of things, but I did find, um, I did find I was always going back to Netflix more than anything else. Hmm. Um, I watched, you know, a fair share of stuff on on Prime, um, hmm. as well. They had some really decent stuff, but I think. Yeah, I just like what you know, I don't know. A lot of people may not I don't know. I think the future is streaming, isn't it? 100% like we've seen that in the mm-hmm. last 10 years. You know, it's just going to it's massive, isn't it? So I think mm-hmm. for them to throw so much money into stuff, it's it's always a good thing and you know, they've been hit and miss with ugh, films and series. I've watched them absolutely shocking things that aren't even worth mentioning, you know, and sort of given up on them. Mm-hmm. Um, that are mm. Netflix originals, but then mm. also watch some brilliant stuff that are Netflix originals. So, yeah, I'd probably say not. You know, not that it's better than the others, but it's the one I've sort of stuck with the most, I guess, or found the most use of Netflix for mm. sure. Yeah,
0: yeah. I think I, I think, think it's I'll interesting we'll, you I'll say that. We'll I say think
2: for Amazon Prime. Oh, no, go ahead. I think there's a slight yeah. delay on your side, Sean. Go ahead. I think there is. Yeah, sorry. Um, no, I was just going to say, I think, um, I think one thing I will say for Prime, I think certainly the last 18 months to two years, I think Prime has upped its game considerably. I don't know about you guys, but it was mm. starting to feel very thin. Um, but they seem to have yeah. invested.
1: I'll tell you what Amazon Prime do do better than Netflix. If anyone watches any content in VR, um, their um, VR theatre app is... Brilliant, Amazon Prime's VR app. Mm. It's really good compared to Netflix. Is is pretty poor, to be honest. They haven't updated it in years, and it's just yeah, it's just not as good. But Amazon Prime have done something really cool with their VR one, where you can choose different environments to watch your content in, and it really does feel like you're sitting in a cinema in VR. I've actually watched a fair few sort of films and series in VR this year and it's been a really cool different way to watch it when you've been stuck at home and not being able to go out to cinemas and and things mm. um yeah so that's really cool So that's one thing that's, they have that, done
0: that's an interesting point in terms of the actual ui that they're using and how they've adapted it across the different mediums i think yeah i think sticking to the point on tv though i would say that amazon prime is probably my least watched uh platform of the year in terms of tv content i can't really i, I was trying to think i've actually just had to google the shows that they released this year and wheel of time and stuff like that. I haven't got around to mm-hmm. it. And if none of it's really attractive, really kind of attracted me in any way, mm. that's just, that's just me. And maybe i maybe I need to dip into it, in, into it more. I'm not a huge fan of the UI on, on the TV app either, to be honest, I find it a little clunky and hard to find stuff and they just promote whatever they want to promote. But then, mm-hmm. um, but then, you know, you kind of have to dig a little bit, a little bit deeper for me. Um, I kind of side with Sean. I'd say Disney Plus. I think that they, as as you rightly said, Sean, they haven't put out by by any stretch the best content, but they did put out five MCU shows this year in one fucking year. When you consider that last year they put out you know a Star Wars show, and this year they've put out five Marvel shows, and they're about to put out you know the Book of Boba Fett, which comes out. Uh, on December comes out today, today um, isn't it? or tomorrow? Yeah, yeah. So or tomorrow? Yeah. So you know they've they've put together a lot of incredible talent into one year. Um, mixed results, I think. You know, we talked about Loki, which and and one division, which I think were excellent. The middling Hawkeye, which was a which was a good story, good performances, but didn't really captivate me. Um, Marvel's What If, which I thought was a really fun animation about what would happen if some of these characters were a different version of themselves. Um, and then to the mundane with Falcon and the Winter Soldier, albeit with an incredible huge blockbuster budget. So, you know, I think Disney Plus, I don't think it's the best platform. I don't think they put out the best content, but I think they've they've done the most this year, I think, to to garner that from a from a TV perspective. Um hmm. so that that's that's who I would say. Sean, in terms of TV, have you got any kind of standout performers of the year, you know, actor, whether it's an actor or a director, writer or um, cinematographer. Anybody, what whatsoever? Who would you say is your kind of standout of the year?
2: Um, I think probably in acting, I'll, I'll stick with the acting. Probably, um, I think I'll go back to Midnight Mass. Uh, Samantha Sloyan, hmm. uh, she played a character called Bev Keen in there. Um, sort of the very definition of self righteous. She played a great, all too believable loon. Um, that was that was a real standout performance for me. Um, I think I, I think I'd have to go special mention as well. And in keeping with Movie Mouth, I'm sure I'm going to get his name wrong. Um, the lead in Squid Game, Lee Jung Jai. I'm guessing. Apologies if that's wrong.
1: But awesome. I thought that was. Yeah. I thought
2: his performance was particularly good. Um, serving as sort of audiences yeah, really eyes into that insane world. I thought he was great.
0: And actually, a flawed, a flawed character as well. Someone that you, mm-hmm. from more of perhaps an anti-hero, someone that you wouldn't necessarily root for initially, based yeah, on right. some of the things that he did in the in the first
2: episode. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm. Yeah.
1: Good call, Phil. Well, sticking with uh, Squid Game, uh, I must say I, th- I really think that. Um, again, pronunciation. I'm really sorry, everyone, but Huang Dong-hyuk, who uh, wrote and directed squid game i thought he did uh an amazing job as you said earlier when we were talking about the in the top five list we mentioned squid game i think it looked brilliant i love the cinema uh, cinema photography of it it's just it just looks great it sounds great he did just the framing of it those really cool sort of angles and the really wide shots and just uh, yeah i just love the look of this show um plus you know him having written it as well, and did I think you did such a good job with it? He made it witty, but also made it like punishing in equal measure. Mm. It's you know, it's for so fun, that you can laugh at the show, but you can also be really upset by it as well. Mm. Um, mm. so yeah, puts you through the ringer quite a bit, I think, as a show, and uh, I think that makes it really good. So I think you did a, it's a, it's a great
0: it's job. It's with interesting that. as well that you mentioned the cinematography of that show and look and feel is that Lee Hyung Juk. Uh, who acted as a cinematographer has no other credits.
1: No, so I think
0: completely. He did some,
1: yeah, yes, nothing Sorry. that I've certainly. Yeah, yeah, to, yeah, yeah. To come out of nowhere with that, it's pretty yeah. cool. Yeah, and obviously Huang yeah. dong came
0: came off of a few movies, but as far as I can see, they're fairly low rated in terms oh, of yeah, the audience yeah. scores and reviews. So, you know, I think just a just a mi- a mixture of great talent and a great idea and perfect execution yep. that just became the zeitgeist of the year really? became the, the tiger King of dare we say it of, of <laughs> 2021. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Great, great shout out for me. I, I've got to stick to, to where I'm at. Um, for me, standout performer of the year was the, was the director, Kate Heron, British director of Loki. She previously directed a few, a few episodes of sex education and daybreak. Um, for for netflix and was okay. uh, she was actually brought into the mcu she actually she actually almost kind of paved her way into the mcu because she met with uh obviously um mcu mastermind kevin feige who is of course you know executive producer and the creative mind behind the general story arcs and the phases of each of the mcu movies and shows um but she was a huge loki fan from from the movies predominantly and she actually petitioned actively with with Kevin Feige and, and she actually traveled to New York and forced a meeting with him and had a book of ideas that she put together, um, to, to, to basically land this, this piece. She, took, she had a meeting with, um, with Tom Hiddleston and walked around central park with him before she'd even landed the the show. She was really active in petitioning to get this show. And I mm-hmm. think what she executed was just brilliant visual style performances, the comedic aspect of the character, the, the you know, the the aspect of the character coming from a being basically a villain to being now more of an anti-hero, more of a hero, and a really touching finale, I thought. Um and, you know, obviously the outcome of that show being it set up the rest really of the the next phase of of the whole MCU, including the movie. So she had a huge amount of pressure on her for this character and for this for this show. And I think delivering what she did with that look and that style, that weird kind of 1970s retro, you know, um HMRC offices dull you know clocks on the wall type you know type look and feel um i think she absolutely nailed it and you know on, on the biggest on the biggest scale so props to Kate Heron i thought she did a fantastic job hmm. all right let's let's switch it up from tv hmm. let's go over let's go over to the movies let's go check out the movieplex um but before we go <laughs> into our, our favorite movies of the year what about your favorite movie related experiences of the year you know, something that you did in relation to, to to film in general or to your love of film. Um, Sean, I'm, I'm sure yours will revolve around being on three of the Movie Mouth spoiler specials this year,
2: so we can probably skip you. No, <laughs> well, I'm kidding. Um, obviously, obviously, yeah. Um, no, I think mine is really going to be, you touched on it earlier. Um, it's just a couple of weeks ago, actually. I managed to get to a, a live Q&A with uh, Edgar Wright, um, connected with Last Night in Soho. Um, I'm not always his biggest fan. I mean, I think this this one for me is um, is his best since, for me, Hot Fuzz. Um, but uh, sure. yeah, he was amiable, charming, and um, more to the point, quite happy to carry on even when the host of the event was trying to wind it up. He just kept pushing the event longer <laughs> and longer and longer, which I thought, yeah, yeah fair play guy. the guy. Um, so yeah, nice guy, good event film yeah that's me film awesome.
1: awesome. um i think i'm gonna ultra geek it out and i think we mentioned this on the the um last episode but and it this is film related but i think my most fun film related experience that i'm gonna have this year or into the new year when cuz it should arrive any day is building my uh, replica pulse rifle from aliens <laughs> <laughs> in model kit form um, i yeah i'm pretty I'm pretty excited about starting starting that as a project i'm going to lock myself away in my little workshop shed and and create some uh, futuristic weaponry <laughs> i think my my
0: favorite film uh, moment of next year is going to be when you get arrested for carrying
1: said pulse rifle (laughs) into your local Sainsbury's (laughs) strapped to my back (laughs) (laughs) yeah definitely they're in the walls god damn it (laughs) (laughs) yeah crawling Uh, around in the attic so yeah a bit of a a tenuous link but i'm gonna really enjoy that and that is definitely film related (laughs) i think we're all gonna enjoy that i'm looking forward to seeing you build it personally and yeah and and, and build one
0: for me of course which i'm sure you're also which i'm sure you're also (laughs) we'll see how this one goes first Um awesome guys. How do I beat that? Well, um flying a fucking helicopter through Hawaii uh while listening to the Jurassic Park theme by John Williams and it was the actual <laughs> fucking place where the movie was filmed and the waterfall <laughs> and landing it and walking around and
1: It was pretty much it. <laughs> yeah, I mean yeah. I knew Did I knew you enjoy gonna, that. We weren't gonna top this one.
0: I shared <laughs> I shed a few tears i'm not gonna lie yeah <laughs> i know we've talked about it on on previous pods but it was just it's my dream my dream come true something i've always wanted to do and uh yeah in all seriousness was a really uh incredible incredible moment and uh one that i will hopefully never forget um going to koloa ranch as well on oahu which was also absolutely amazing and seeing Read, you know, load of the Jurassic Park movies, Lost and all, and uh Magnum PI we talked about, was also filmed there, the, the remake and, and stuff like that was just was just amazing. And uh, yeah, counting the days really to go back to Hawaii because that is that is just a gorgeous, a gorgeous place in general. But there was that, you know, there was dressing up as a Ghostbuster, there was meeting Andy Circus <laughs> at the Venom screening, um staying in the Plaza Hotel for Christmas from home alone to
1: <laughs> Miles. Can <laughs> you um Go fuck yourself. <laughs> is that right? <laughs> I'm sitting I'm in sorry. the shed making a replica pulse rifle from aliens, and you're staying yeah. in the fucking in the Plaza shed. Hotel yeah. and meeting Andy Serkis. Yeah. The thing is, I know that building that pulse rifle
0: gives you just as much joy as it's it does true. as it would it's do true. for doing any of those other things. <laughs> you know what I mean? But, um, it's true. But yeah, what a year. What a year. Um all right, well, let's uh, wipe the tears tears away. Um, what was the the most fun that you had in the cinema this year watching a movie? Phil, start start off with you this time. Let's flip it. Let's switch it up.
1: Could be taken in the wrong context. This question, couldn't it? Most fun I've had in the cinema. Well, it depends what kind of fun you had and in what kind of <laughs> cinema. <you're in. laughs> Pee
0: wee Herman over there.
1: I think. Well, considering that I didn't get to the cinema. As much this year, well, I say as much. I went twice this year uh, to the to the actual cinema. Um, I think it might have been a bit more, but yeah. Uh, but the one I had to hundred percent go to see and that I was really looking forward to was Ghostbusters Afterlife. I could not wait to go to that, and even though the screening I went to was, um, it was actually really quite quiet. We went in the evening, sort of the week after release. But it was actually really quiet there. But you could still tell, like from the people that were there, the atmosphere. Everyone was really excited to see it, and in fact, Mm. I saw like um, randomly a mate of mine. uh, It was in the same screen, and he walked past me trying to find his seats, and I was like, "Oh, Mike!" Like, and he was like, "Oh, you're so excited!" I was like, "Yeah, me too." Like, we, you know, just sharing that sort of like so excited to see this. Mm. Um. So yeah, just Mm. watching that in the big screen was really good fun. Um, So, yeah, that was probably mine. What was the other film you saw this year? I went to see, I went to see, so another, I had a really nice time. I went, I went to see um, No Time to Die with my dad. So we went to watch that together, which was really nice. Um, Nice. Yeah, that was really good. That was, that was the first time I've been to the cinema for ages because, you know, because of lockdown stuff here and everything. Um, So, yeah, that was a really good, that was a really fun time as well. So that was good.
0: I'll tell you what, Uh, mate, and uh, Sean probably, probably agree with me on this, but, you may have only been to the cinema, the theatre, twice this year. Uh, I've been a lot. I'm sure Sean's been a lot. I'd give it all to go and see Bond with my dad. Yeah. yeah so, you know, know. you're very there lucky. With you that, yeah. One that lucky regard. boy there. Yeah. I know. I know. Yeah, yeah.
1: And, I'll, yeah, yeah, I don't take it for granted, uh, for sure. They
0: are special. Yeah. yeah. Definitely. Definitely.
2: Nice one, mate. Nice. Sean. Um... Yeah, it's interesting you saying that when I saw Afterlife actually, I was the only person in the cinema, bizarrely. It's kind of really weird some really weird things going on at yeah. private screenings. You right? and you and Egon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's what it was. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um I think I'll, i mean, after the Edgar Wright name drop, I think I'll go for another one as well. So I mean most fun at our cinema. Um, last last month, about six weeks ago, we did. Uh, they're doing the Desert Island Flicks events, and we had Anthony Horovitz, or Horovitch, how we pronounce it. Oh yeah. in to talk about his his favourite movies and uh, showing clips from his favourite movies. It was a bit stressy because it was basically a full house, and oh, I was on projection, so there was that element of i oh, get this wrong. <laughs> yeah. But um, one of the clips did you splice he anything into was... the film reel? Lr Tyler Durden. It, <laughs> Tyler of and it, yeah. Um, no, it's just that actually, one of, one of the ones he selected was the Pink Panther Strikes Again, specifically the scene in the country house. I don't know if you remember it, um, where he's sort of questioning all the house staff, which has always been one of my absolute favorite moments of comedy. And the, the chance just to have that on again, in it, and it was making 200 plus people laugh, and being with 200 people laughing at one of the scenes that I've always loved was was, that was just a great, great moment for me. And I didn't fuck it up, which helped.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Sage advice. Don't fuck it up. Don't fuck it up. (laughs) That's brilliant. I think, well, mine is slightly less uh, exciting, but I would say uh, I've got two. Afterlife, um, Ghostbusters Afterlife, I think was, was phenomenal. I think more so for the fact that I was dressed up for that one and didn't yeah. travel to the cinema dressed as a as a full on uh, almost screen accurate <laughs> ghostbuster um but just meeting the people after the after the movie you know it was opening night it was actually a preview so it was before it even came out so the people that were there were us you know massive film nerds mm-hmm. and being there that was that was that was brilliant um took some pictures and put them on our on our instagram of that um i would say that that seeing going to the first spider-man no way home screening um and Sean i don't know have you seen no way home yeah. yeah you've seen it okay so i will say that when certain things happened in that movie um the opening night it was actually the opening day crowd with the loudest that i have ever heard mm-hmm. in a in a movie cinema movie theater <laughs> ever and not in an annoying way, but in a holy fucking shit kind of way. Um, yeah, was was absolutely awesome and so much fun. I did go back and watch it again a few nights later, and there was still a buzz, but it wasn't as excitable. But and also, I could actually hear what people were saying now because of the people that were screaming in the in the cinema. But it that was it was so much fun. <laughs> and um, yeah. and my my girlfriend was with me as well, and she admittedly is. Somewhat of a Marvel fan hasn't seen much after Endgame, but just absolutely loved it and uh, contributed contributed to that film. I think being in my in my top in my top list of the year, so that was a lot of fun.
1: At least she's seen Endgame.
0: She has seen Endgame. Yeah, she's actually the new uh, co-host of the Movie Mouth Podcast in twenty twenty two. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. All right. Okay so now we've set the scene in terms of the type of movies that we enjoyed at the cinema this year let's talk about our top 10 we're going to have to shoot through this quickly because I know in terms of timing um we we're going to end up with the longest podcast of 2021 um <laughs> but Phil, do you want to get us started off with your your top 10 from 10
1: I will I'll rattle these off so okay in at 10 um for films I enjoyed not necessarily that are good uh, yeah. <laughs> is um army of the dead it was very flawed in places but i visually liked it there was some really cool moments in it so yeah that makes the list for me um june in at number nine again visually absolutely stunning mm-hmm. and with a lot of people i think agree it sort of dragged a little bit and sort of you know the end well I won't spoil anything, but people know that it's a two or three part thing that's happening. So hmm. it was a bit of a build up to not much at the end, um, hmm. but understandably why. But it did look great, and it was well, you know, good performances and stuff in it. So that's number nine. Um, number eight was the Sound of Metal. The um, oh yes, yeah, the, the that was a that was a really good film, really really good. Because he it won all the awards it did, especially for the sound design. Um, really hard hitting. Great film, well worth a watch. Um, number seven was uh, the Dig. Uh, mm. Did you see that? The, the um, I still haven't
0: seen it. Ray Fines, Ray yeah.
1: Kerry Mulligan's it? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, uh, really good little drama. I really enjoyed it. Um, uh, based on a true story, and well worth a watch about finding Saxon treasure in Suffolk. Uh, it's like it? a boat, like a galleon that they find. Some, yeah, like mm. a, a long. Longbow, I think. Um but that was that was really good. That was a Netflix film. And I thought it was just a, a great little piece of drama. Really good. And then for pure scale of things, in at number six I've got Godzilla versus Kong. Absolutely love this. I knew I you would. It was amazing. <laughs> I was absolutely this is my this is my kind of film. It was just big scale monsters smashing the shit out of each other. It was brilliant. And it looked amazing from a technical standpoint. Uh, And then in a similar vein, one that got quite a bad rap at number five, I put the Tomorrow War, the Amazon original, Um, Chris Pratt. I really enjoyed this film. I thought it was great. It really, again, it was like nothing groundbreaking, but I just loved the idea around it. I thought the special effects were really good. I just loved the story. It had, you know, a good bit of comedy, some really good action in it. And I just really, really enjoyed it. So that was, but it didn't get that good a reception, I don't think. But enjoyed that uh, number four. Um, what did I put at number four? So I put um, nobody. The mm-hmm. action, the comedy, action thriller with Bob Odenkirk. I absolutely love this film. Um, such a good performance. I love him as an actor. I think he is mm-hmm. absolutely brilliant. Uh, at anything he does, and. It was just a it was just a great film with an awesome sort of cameo role from Christopher Lloyd. Um, great fun, um, sort of take on the whole John Wick type thing. Really good and really good to see him in such a different role for him. Like who'd have thought he could have pulled off like put a role like that? But he hundred percent does. Brilliant. Uh, number three, I put The Suicide Squad. Again, a film that I hated the first one. It was absolute drivel and crap. Mm -hmm. This one, brilliant. Really funny. Kept me entertained. Great action sequences. Lovely looking film. Brilliant. Really enjoyed it. Um, Number two was No Time to Die. I thought it was a really good um, return and farewell for um, Daniel Craig as Bond. Yeah. Yeah. Great to see it in the cinema, as we talked about before. Some really good scenes in there, and a much probably the most emotional Bond film I've seen, sort of out of all of them, I would say as well. Yeah. So yeah, really good to see that. That was great and worth the wait. That you know after the pushback and the pushback and the pushback.
0: Where's your um? Uh, where's your drum roll? Oh, hold on. Number and one. Your number one
1: <laughs> favorite movie of twenty twenty one is. <laughs> it is. Believe it or not, Ghostbusters. I ain't afraid of no ghost. (laughs) It was predictable as hell. But I couldn't wait for this. Um, Yeah, I mean, I'm probably going to talk about this a bit later. But yeah, love this film. It was worth the wait. Um, And we've talked about it in our spoiler special and everything and why I liked it so much. So yes, uh, Ghostbusters Afterlife at number one for me.
0: A really nice list. I think that's a really nice, honest list. And I think that Sean and I will probably follow follow suit. The only thing I would say I was surprised you didn't include boss level in there. Because I know you're a big Frank fan. It was fan. close.
1: It was really close. And that was yeah. probably going to replace maybe like the Dig or something. Yeah. But boss level was brilliant. It was really but good But kind of well. forgotten it since. Kind of moved on from it. Kind of thought, yeah. Yeah. Great. Yeah. It was, yeah. yeah. It wasn't quite as, I, I don't know. If anything, it could have swapped out maybe with Army of the Dead. They were they were sort of on yeah level with each other yeah yeah I knew
0: I I had this worrying feeling that Godzilla versus Kong was going to be your number one I'm not going to lie <laughs> <laughs> it probably should have been higher up the list to be honest but yeah loved yeah. it he loved it he absolutely loved it all right top ten Sean starting <laughs> with number ten
2: a little like this boss level <laughs> woo <laughs> nice. <laughs> Um, yeah, thoroughly enjoyed it. It's a great film, isn't it? It's a great take on the whole Groundhog thing and fresh, funny, sharp, um, good good bit of grumpy Mel. Um, following on from Fat Man as well last year, which I really enjoyed. He's doing some great work these days, Mel. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, good movie. The other one I quite like, that Groundhog, uh, Palm, Palm Springs as well, was it called? I quite enjoyed that. It another take yeah. on that. Yeah, yeah. technically that came out in 2021 in
0: the UK. It was out in 2020 in the US, but Mm. as I said Mm. before, completely able to mention it in your list if it came out in the UK this year. Brilliant film.
2: Yeah. Um, uh, And at number nine uh, being The Ricardos, the new Aaron Sorkin one with uh, Nicole Kidman and Javier Bardem, uh, the I I Love Lucy story. I mean, basically, you know, as a writer. Aaron Sorkin, how can I not put it? Anything that Aaron Sorkin came out with this year would probably end up right. on my list, but it is very, very good. Something I know nothing about. I love Lucy, believe it or not, is even before my time. Um, but uh, no, solid, good, good look at a timer, It And then that's available on Amazon Prime, think, yeah. isn't it? Amazon Prime, yeah, yeah, good stuff, definitely worth a watch. Uh, number eight, I've got The Guilty Jake Gyllenhaal. Um... There's The Police Dispatcher. takes cool. It was a remake, mm. I think, of a Danish film, I believe. And I think it took a fair bit of flack for, in the sense of, you know, why watch that? Watch the Danish one. But I enjoyed that. I thought it was a good, yeah. good solid, tight little plot. I like Dylan Hall. Um, number mm. seven, I've got Last Night in Soho, again, which I said for me, I think for me was right, is right's best work in Top Buzz. Uh, enjoyed it. Um, didn't love it. But again, enjoyed it. We're on the enjoyment list rather than... But I thought that was solid <laughs> and a great great uh, final performance from Diana Rigg there as well. In yeah. um, at six, I've got Spider-Man No Way Home. Um, as you said earlier, absolutely terrific achievement. Um, the Spider-Man films are my favourite in within the MCU, sort of in the MCU world, aren't they? I know. But um, the previous two and this yeah. one, I think if I had to name any of you, you know, if I had to choose one aspect from the MCU, it would be The Spider Films. And this one, yeah, just they knocked it out of the park. Uh, at five, I've got The Mitchells versus The Machines, uh, which I thought was a superb animation. And I thought that was mm-hmm. a, a celebration of film as much as it was a family entertainment and a bit overlong, but really, really good stuff. At four, I've got no time to die, which I think we kind of did to death, in our discussions previously. But yeah, brilliant. <laughs> yeah, right. You said brilliant final chapter for uh, for Mister Craig uh, at three. I've gone with Ghostbusters Afterlife. Again, we've covered it. Great movie, a lot of fun, tear to the eye, etc. At two, another round which i thought was absolutely terrific um Mads Mikkelsen on terrific form um mm. and it just yeah it just spoke to me that film i thought it was, i loved everything about it <clears throat> and in yeah, terms of really a, an good upbeat things about that film.
1: A, i've added that to my list this week yeah yeah
2: in terms of a an upbeat ending to uh well put it this way that's 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 the film i kept going back into the cinema to see the ending of when we showed it um yeah brilliant brilliant bonus sequence and which leads me to first place because there's got to be one i'm not sure it was the best but as a sci-fi fan i've got to go with dune i thought it was glorious um Yep. Hopefully, it'll be even gloriouser when the second one comes out.
0: Yeah, I think that's yeah, the I'm thing, sure isn't it? Is it. what what it, what is it going to build from that point? And yeah. I, I saw you wincing when Phil had it so low down in his list. <laughs> 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 I saw the, the the murderous gaze in those beautiful blue eyes of yours, Sean. Um, <laughs> but I think again, another another excellent <clears throat> list. Um, you know, I, I'll, I'll kind of cover off. I, I mean, you guys have talked through most of, most of my picks, but I'll I'll start. From uh, from from number ten, I think the biggest one of the biggest surprises of the year is that the sequel, as Phil said to to Suicide Squad, this Suicide Squad was absolutely awesome and just completely blew away the usual concepts of of a you know of, of a kind of superhero movie or anti superhero movie in this case, especially with that opening, which I just thought was so bizarre and wonderful. <laughs> Um, and a film that I want to watch again, you know, it's a movie that I genuinely want to watch again and I'm excited to watch it again. Mm -hmm. Um, moving slightly further afield, um, I really enjoyed Minari, um, which was, was a kind of, um, I don't know if, if, if it was popular in in the UK, Mm -hmm. it was about a Korean family who start a farm in 1980s, Arkansas. Which sounds really dry and boring, but was just a brilliant, emotional, wonderful movie. Um, and the two child performers in that, in particular, were just so heartbreakingly amazing. I don't know how they find these kids that can just act, uh, but in in this movie, it was just just phenomenal. I watched that on a, on a long plane ride, and and I, I really really enjoyed that film. Stephen Yun, who's in that film, the lead in that film as well. Has uh, got a lot, a lot coming out this year as well. So keep keep an eye on him. Number eight, sorry, Sean. Dune, um, probably my most <laughs> anticipated film of the year. So could it have held up to you know what what the the amount of uh, I would say excitement that I had for it? Um, I just found it a little cold. I, I loved it. I'm still complaining about it, even though it's in my top ten. It was a piece of art by one of my favorite directors with Denis Villeneuve, one of my favorite cinematographers with Greg Frazier, um, and some of my favorite actors. Um, Looking forward to the next installment, as you said. Um, Number seven, I talked a little bit about this last week. Didn't get a chance to review it, but that was a a little film called Come On, Come On, um, uh, starring Joaquin Phoenix, um, which was a, a black and white indie movie but not heavy. It really light, fun movie about an uncle reconnecting with his young nephew and, and taking care of him um, while his mother is dealing with a, a kind of intense family crisis. Um, I just really liked it. Just a movie that has just really stuck with me. And I just kind of thought about it a lot since, since, since seeing it. And uh, if you get a chance to go see it, I would recommend it. I would also say Whacking Phoenix is probably in, in the running for an Oscar, but not for having a breakdown and breaking something and crying and shouting, but for, actively just putting in a a decent calm performance which i which i really really Mm. enjoyed um number six uh sean's best friend edgar wright name drop um last night in soho (laughs) (laughs) loved it Uh, i thought it was brilliant um particularly enjoyed watching a movie that's so in love with london and actively knows the geography of london (laughs) and and sticks Mm. to it um you know even from a cab ride perspective, I'm like, "Yep, yeah, turn left. Yeah, okay, right there. Yep, yeah, that place should be there, and that bar's there, and blah blah blah." And watching <laughs> it like that was just, I don't know, just one of those things. Yeah. Seeing it in America and in a in a theater, really comforting. And as you say, Wright's uh, best film without a doubt since since Hot Fuzz, um, albeit not a comedy. Um, number five, uh, another indie. This was A21's The Green Knight, uh, starring Dev Patel, which. It was just a stunning film, dark, cerebral, um, but beautiful to look at, and uh, just an amazing, amazing journey of a of a movie. Um, you know, it has a lot. It's open to a lot of interpretation. So a lot of people didn't love it. A lot of people absolutely loved it. Um, I, I'm definitely in the I absolutely loved it camp. The Green Knight is available, I think, now at home release. So if you get the chance to watch that, I definitely recommend it. Uh, number four, Judas and the Black Messiah. It's a film we reviewed right at the beginning of the year. Phil, um, it came yeah. out on HBO Max, uh, but it was it was about the the formation of the Black Panthers, um, and just a ter- terrific, terrific film um, with some great performances. I, I I thought some of the performances up that were up there up there with some of the great greatest performers that we've ever seen: the Pacinos, the De Niro's, um, and would definitely recommend you check out Judas and the Black Messiah if you get the chance. Um, number three, this is where it gets a little difficult. Three to one. I'm sure you guys <laughs> have the same issue, um, but I enjoyed all of these three films equally in the cinema. Number three, <clears throat> okay, It's No Time to Die, uh, James Bond. We talked about it. We did a spoiler special podcast, which you can listen to now, but as you'll know, we absolutely loved it. Number two, oh, this is so tough, and I'm so sorry that I had to do this. Um. <laughs> Ghostbusters afterlife is number 2 uh even though i i did absolutely love it and i cried my eyes out at the end and i saw it twice um mm. i did love it i do think it has in hindsight some issues um in relation to the re retreading of some of the similar plot lines mm. from the first movie um but it's still the perfect sequel to to those movies um my number 1 is this is so strange for me to say, and I feel uncomfortable. Spider-Man No Way Home. Yeah. I just yeah. I just loved it. I think the last 45 minutes of that film are like big sandbox kids playing with all of their action figures and going, Well, this happens, and then this happens, and then this happens, and this happens, and this happens, and then you throw all the figures on the floor, and then you pick them up, and you throw them again. It was like that, but you were watching it, and it was just immense. Like, that's why you go to the movies, you know, is to have your mind blown. And that for me is something that I guess I relate to movies for more so seeing them in the cinema because of being a kid and, and having that level of escapism. And I just thought Spider-Man No Way was awesome. And just go watch it if you haven't already seen it. Listeners, yeah. it's absolutely worth, even if it's made a billion dollars. Yeah, you know, what's another billion? Go see
1: it. <laughs> I can't wait to watch this. <laughs> I've not seen it yet, and I really, I really am looking forward to seeing it. Yeah, you got to like see it. The, it's one of like the only like Marvel films yeah. that I'm actually really excited to see.
0: You I got to see it. it. I would say watch no, Far From Home it, yeah. as well if you haven't seen that with Jake Gyllenhaal first.
1: Yeah, I've not seen that actually. I know you've
0: watched Homecoming. I think watch Homecoming. Yeah, you d- you don't really need to see Endgame before it, but I mean, might help. Yeah. yeah, definitely. I would watch Infinity Home, War. Would say, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Infinity War, Far From Home. Uh, Infinity War Endgame Far From Home in that cool. order. So you've got three films for you, got to go and watch it film. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> so that was our top tens of the year. Thank you, gents, for putting that together. I know it was a fairly exhaustive list, but an awesome list nonetheless, and lots of stuff to check out there. Um that brings me on to the next question. Best film studio or film streaming app of the year. Think HBO Max, Warner's. Netflix, Amazon Prime, Disney Plus,
2: Disney Marvel, etc. Sean, um, yeah, I mean, again, I know I should probably be saying A24 or someone like that, but in all honesty, I, I found it a bit of a mixed bag this year. So to name one, um, I, th- I think I'm I'm going to, st- as much as the Disney juggernaut does sometimes scare me, I think it's hard to pass see him at the hard to see past Disney at this point, just in terms of the scale of creativity that's coming out of them spidey the star wars material that's that's that we've had and that's just coming around the corner um yeah so with a measure of reluctance on with disney i mean it's it's
0: hard to write them off when they're putting out when that yes they've got the money but they're putting out yeah. incredible work you know it's not yeah. it's not cynicism yeah. by any stretch it's not like Warner Brothers releasing the Snyder Cut. They are they're putting out yeah. mo- hit after hit yeah. after hit after hit, including you know lights of Cruella that we haven't really talked about, which I thought was another great movie this year. Um, yeah, you know that we talked great. about Raya and the Last Dragon, an animation, an animated movie, Encanto, which just came out. Mm. Um, yeah. uh, you know they had a Pixar release this year as well. So much incredible content, and I, I think you're right in, in that regard. I would agree with you, um, Phil.
1: What do you think? yeah i mean again it's relentless isn't it the release stuff that disney's putting out but i think again i can completely appreciate what they do but for me i think you know i meant i sort of skimmed on it earlier i think i mostly use netflix and then a bit of prime as well and i just think it's they're both you know and i know disney are as well obviously but it, I think it's just really good to see that they're both pumping serious money into new content in both film and TV and world cinema, especially with Netflix because I really do yep. enjoy a lot of world cinema stuff and it's really good to see yeah. um, some, you know, it's great to see something like Squid Game become so popular worldwide. Like, you know, I, I think it, I think it's brilliant. And, you know, there's been hits and misses for both of those services, but... <sighs> I think, you know, for the money you pay for either of them, the return is well worth it. Um, Mm. Yeah, for me, probably Netflix, you know. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I can appreciate them all, really. Yeah, I think Um, I I don't really access like the HBO stuff and everything over here uh, as much as like you do because you get a lot of the US streaming services that you're uh, with. But yeah. Yeah. So Netflix for me.
0: I think that I think it makes total sense. I think, you know, mentioning HBO, you know, obviously there was a big there was a big tie in with Warner Brothers this year, which is where Warner released something like ten or twelve of their cinema releases, their cinematic releases mm. on the same day to American audiences at home on their new HBO Max streaming app, which mm. I as much as I love watching new films at home, I just think from a filmmaker perspective I think it does, it kills the return on those movies, which means original ideas are going to suffer versus, you know, the likes of Godzilla mm. versus Kong, which was, you know, until halfway through this year, the, the biggest performing movie at the box office internationally, but mm. barely did anything in the US because people were watching it at home. At home um, yeah. but right. But then you look at the likes yeah. of, you know, um, Judas and the Black Messiah, and to this case, you know, this this last week, The Matrix Four, which which hasn't done phenomenally at the box office because people are just sitting at home and watching it. So, yeah. what does it mean for original filmmaking and and for original ideas? I think it's I think it's a it's a tough ask. That's not to say that the likes of Disney and other channels haven't haven't done the same thing, but they've done it in a more measured way. I think you know Denis Villeneuve was undercut massively with Dune the fact that they they knew that they had to build make a sequel to this film and they were releasing it at home and not just relying on a box office um and and obviously we saw chris nolan who has worked with pretty much every all of his major film releases you know apart from uh, the following um and uh, and memento have all been with warner brothers and he himself stood up against them saying it was the worst app the worst you know release schedule and they were they were ruining filmmakers vision and now he's moved to universal mm-hmm. for his next film so mm-hmm. you know interested to see what happens next year to see whether they continue that trend to continue trying to <laughs> land grab subscribers yeah. but um sorry the question wasn't least favorite but i think it is it's it's worth a conversation you yeah. know <laughs> when 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 talking about it and i i definitely next year i definitely yeah. want to see more from the likes of you know the peacocks the paramount pluses the amazon primes um you know but i think next year we're going to have a star an absolute star wars Star Wargasm, you could say with, with right. Book of boba fett starting, and then the Mandalorian, yeah. and God knows how many other spin-off shows you know Kenobi's going to come at some point, I think later I think in there's the year
1: two new Star Wars films next year, yeah, as well,
0: it's just mm. un- unbelievable, so no yeah all all in agreeance um, but all you can say is that it's good for good for us,
2: yeah nerds right. that love movies mm. and t v yeah yeah, totally, golden Times all right, so golden age,
0: absolutely so. We've, we've talked, we've talked about favorite movies. Uh, we've talked about, you know, obviously the way in in which these platforms are releasing these movies, but when it come down to the minutiae, the standout performers, the directors, the writers of the year, who would you call out?
1: Ooh, should I go first? Yeah. Um, so we're talking, we're talking about standout performer, this. Not you or, can
0: you can talk about or, whoever you like, whoever whoever yeah. stood out for you in movies, whether it was a director, a or producer, a or writer, or I'm
1: actor. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with McKenna Grace as um, Phoebe nice. in Ghostbusters Afterlife because I think she was just so well cast in that film and did such an amazing job. She carried it really did with like perfect mix of that sort of dry nerdy humor, uh, but also you know, drama and emotion as well. I think she did such a fantastic job in that role. I, I th- expect to see a lot more of her and a lot more things coming up. So, yeah, it'd be very exciting yeah. to see. But I think, yeah. yeah, she was. She definitely deserves some recognition for for her role in that, which um, I thought she was brilliant.
0: I don't think you can argue with it. I think you had grown men with a weight of expectation, uh, with four amazing Ghostbusters that couldn't be replaced, all going in you know to a screening and, and women by the way men and women that enjoy the ghostbusters movies going in to see this film and there's a young female child as the lead of that movie to continue that that lineage you know of those of those classic films and yeah. to carry that off in the way that she did was absolutely yeah. incredible yeah right definitely yeah, agreed Sean who would you say for you, standout performer, actor, director?
2: Um, I mean, I think, you know, in a year where we had no time to die, a top draw Bond movie, I think we, we're, all, we're all agreed on that. And I think mm. Daniel Craig, arguably one of the best Bonds, arguably his best Bond performance, which is, you know, that's some impressive shit in its own right. So I think mm. Mm, how great does a performance have to be to steal the movie from Premium Bond in a Premium Bond movie. Exactly. Anna absolutely <laughs> brilliant Absolutely brilliant. Absolutely um, brilliant. Forget a Bond TV series. Give that woman her own spin-off TV series now, Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Get it sorted.
1: Yeah, definitely.
2: Yeah.
1: I no, I think she did. Yeah, was it?
2: I, I just can't I can't think of any, any individual my... performance that, that that impressed me. No. So I just ran away
0: <laughs> for the people that can see this on YouTube to grab you my Paloma Funko pop of Anadyamus, <laughs> yeah. which you can see. You can see right there. Which was Excellent. a gift to me by the wonderful Jason Kim, Bond oh, really? fan who joined oh, us awesome. yeah for our James Bond 007 no time to die spoiler special, which is available brilliant. on all podcast players now. And he sent me this. <laughs> I don't know why he sent it to me. I mean, I know why, but I'm not allowed to say, it. but, um, <laughs> because she's my future <laughs> wife, but I, but now I have this Funko pop <laughs> in my shrine and I pray to it every day. <laughs> she was brilliant. In it. She was, yeah. she did a great job when I say pray. Um, Awesome. (laughs) Awesome. Um, I mean, you you guys, you both picked out two amazing performers. So I'm going to have to switch it up. I'm going to have to go to behind the scenes. I'm going to go. This is tough because I don't think Marvel had the best year in terms of their overall content and quality. But Mm. I will say that the Marvel Studios head honcho, Kevin Feige, certainly had the busiest year. I think for me, he's my standout. He put together... Five Marvel shows on Disney Plus and three MCU movies, one of which was in cooperation with Sony Pictures, who we know have been struggling to have, let's say, cooperation with the MCU. So I think, and I think as well to focus five shows which focus on some of the B team, C team level stars of the Avenger movies and so on, and to make them work. And intertwine with the movies, plus also releasing two movies that star, you know, Shang Chi, who no one really, you know, other than comic book fans, really knew before this year, Um, you know, and and you know another one with the Eternals, with people again a group of kind of quasi Superman type superheroes from outer space, Um, again nailing that with bringing in Chloe Zhao as director, who probably is in is my number two spot for for director of for person of the year, having, having directed Nomadland, um, uh, you know, and of course then moving on to, to the Eternals. Um, and then of course, you know, the, just the, the, the the one, two Sony Marvel punch of, of Spider-Man No Way Home at the end of the year, closing out that year. And again, bringing it all together with the shows, with the, with the movies and with, well, let's not say too much. Let's just say other movies. Um, just incredible. And, uh, I think the guy has done, you know, no one else could do that, that kind of job. You know, we've seen someone like George Lucas drop the ball, you know, in, in previous years, you know, then hand Star Star Wars onto Kathy Kennedy, who for me has somewhat dropped the ball when it, when it came to the film production element and who they brought into direct and write and so on. Um, Kevin Feige for me, standout of the year, movie mouth legend of the year from my perspective. And, uh, please. Don't go to DC at any point in the future. Please stay with Marvel. <laughs> we love you. Yeah. Um, and bringing me on to that, what would you say was your biggest film disappointment of the year? The things that you were looking forward to the most that didn't quite pan out the way that you hoped that they would?
2: Ooh. Sean, get yeah, you started off. Um, Been a few. Um, probably the one I'll get in trouble now. But... Um... Green Knight for me. It didn't work for me. Um I mean I'm keeping it in my watch list so it's handy for next time I can't sleep. Um but uh and I'm sure <laughs> Matrix Resurrections will stink if I ever bother to watch it, which I can't imagine I will. Um I, I think I, I think I'm gonna land on Wrath of Man, if only because that's the one I suffered through most recently. And what? I just no, nah. Statham one.
1: Yeah, was yeah. yeah. Nah. Uh, so oh, you no,
0: come I'll for me it. with the green knight, and then you land the second punch of the stave. <laughs> and Guy Ritchie, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> mm. Mm.
2: Wow!
0: As he swigs his R two D two cup.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, right, brilliant. That's the way it's going to be, is it?
2: Okay. Yep. Wow. she should well, let me win the quiz.
0: Fair enough. <laughs> I tried. I really did. Those questions. <laughs> oh, dear. Anything else, Sean? Anyone else you want to insult before we move on?
2: Don't no, what me, else I did you like? It's
0: your... It's... <laughs> well, you did put <laughs> Spider-Man don't. at number six, so... Yeah. Um. <laughs>
1: Phil, come on. Biggest disappointments of the year? Um, I think, although, do you know what? Although it was in my top 10 uh, movies of the year, I think um, I had higher hopes for Army of the Dead, although I still really enjoyed it. Right. For me, as a little Mm. mention, I had higher hopes for it. Um, Mm. So, yeah. So that's definitely up there. But then... A recent one for me was also red notice which we talked about in depth on a couple of episodes ago just you know a great looking cast for that like massive budget uh you know ryan reynolds gal gadot or however you want me to say it <laughs> <Or Gal> gadot, <laughs> no it's not Dwayne how Johnson. i want you to say it it's how she wants you to say it which is <laughs> now her fucking name you say that, but I've just been doing some Googling about this because I knew I was going to say this name, in the, but there's no definitive answer on there. So, all right, you know, you prove it to right. me and then, uh, why don't you, why don't you write a letter to William Defoe and he'll tell you how to, how to pronounce he'll tell Gal Will, Dear William, Will, uh, <laughs>
2: oh, Ryland Reynolds.
1: Um, <laughs> Ryan Reynolds. Uh, Ryan yeah. Reynolds. <laughs> but yeah great cast lots of promise absolute shite like one of the worst films i've seen for a long time uh i think you know we covered it nicely in the episode so we don't need to go into it but oh, just don't bother people watching that absolutely yeah,
0: i'd say i'd say a bit of a stinker of a year for ryan reynolds and dwayne johnson in general and 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 perhaps even gal gadot to be honest yeah um, I wouldn't say it was. I wouldn't say it was the best year. You know, I think you know Ryan Reynolds was in Free Guy as well, which was a comedy that a comedy that I absolutely despised. I use comedy in uh, very very loose terms. Uh, he was also in the Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard,
1: um,
0: you know, and uh, and obviously you know, and it's not again. It's not to say that he's in any way bad at anything that he does. Uh, he's an incredible actor comedian. It's just that. The shtick is starting to wear for me a little bit thin, you know, yeah. and I and I think that we've, you know, that they're kind of packaging up his Deadpool shtick into every movie that he's he's he could possibly be in now. Yeah, and I
1: think it, that's the problem. Yeah,
0: it's starting to it's starting to grate a little bit. I would say, mm. um, and and likewise with Dwayne, who, you know, I think that again, you know, he's, he's Hollywood's most paid actor, um, but again, there comes a little bit of cynicism now with the roles that he's in. You know, I don't know if you saw Jungle Cruise. With him and and Emily Blunt, um, but there yeah. were moments in that. There were some fun moments in that, I will say, which 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 I, I didn't mind. But for most of it, I wanted to remove my ears and my eyes <laughs> and possibly all of my teeth, which in my case would be a godsend. But yeah, <laughs> just wow. Hmm. Um, but for me, biggest disappointment. Yeah. I would say it goes somewhere between Godzilla versus Kong, which I thought was just a uh, the most bizarre film I've seen this year, without a doubt. Maybe in hindsight, I need to watch it again, then it'll be the the most amazing film I know. You, yeah, I think by film. bizarre
1: you mean brilliant. Yeah,
0: yeah, <laughs> sure. sure. Um, and then it was, and then and then <coughs> I think, and then I think Dune. I think just because as someone that wasn't really a fan of the book, I probably created something else in my mind that it was going to be. And yeah. And, and, and maybe, you know, again, still in my top 10, but I just, for whatever reason, didn't, didn't warm to it in the way that I hoped that I was, that I was going to, you know, it was definitely my most anticipated film. Of the year. And, and I think I came out of it very surprised that Spider Man was my number one, that Bond was one of the best Bonds of all time, and that the Ghostbusters sequel actually worked. <laughs> you know, it's like all three of those things. Um, yeah, right. Yeah. It, was, it was pretty amazing. So we've looked back at 2021, looking ahead to 2022, where there's obviously a lot coming up. But what, what movies, TV, or other are you most looking forward to next year?
1: Well, shall I start? Sure. So, um, I mean, film-wise, there's quite a bit coming out next year to get excited about. As I said, there's there's like I think two Star Wars movies. I'm really looking to uh, forward to watching uh, Book of Boba Fett in the next few days when as when that starts. Um, but then, movie-wise, um, Top Gun Maverick we've got coming out, which looks phenomenal from just it's been from coming trailer. out for about 3 years isn't it i know i know <laughs> but it's it finally is um and then um, um i think i maybe dubious to be excited about it but indiana jones 5 uh, who knows it could be something good like i wasn't i didn't hate on crystal skull as much as a lot of people it wasn't amazing yeah, by not. any means but uh, Um, but I'm looking forward to seeing another Indiana Jones movie and then you've got things like uh, The Batmans coming out in April time I think that That looks really good Uh, The Northman which we talked about um, in the last episode with Alexander Skarsgård that looks right up my street really looking forward to that and also animated wise the bob's burgers movie is coming out which i'm really looking forward to as well <laughs> because i love a bit of bob's burgers so to see the film of it would be great as well that actually comes out the same day as top gun maverick phil so good I luck know, with that what a day what a day <laughs> wow so yeah lots to look forward to next year i think a lot among other things yeah, you know there's loads. so yeah that's.
0: I mean, that's, you've, you've, that's you've literally read off a list of all of the movies next year. So <laughs> the ones that are left, Sean. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, it is hard not to go cruising. I mean, with Top Gun and I think we've got yeah. Mission Impossible next year as well. Um, so yeah, it's done the Mission Impossible. Yeah. Um, I mean, to so sort of back to Indy again, just very briefly, I, I I'm quite yeah i did. I didn't hate on Crystal skull. you know, indie films for me are a you know it's just it's a downward slide generally, but um I didn't hate on it that much i I'm probably more excited about seeing it because Mangold's at the helm than I would be if Spielberg was at the helm if that kind of makes sense right um yeah yeah you know, th- um so I think i the one that I really, really hoped as well there's a new Salem's lot coming. Um, which I think has never really been, its potential has never been realized on Salem's Lot in the past. So I'm quite interested to see what they can do with that. Um, in TV terms, I mean, you know, I'm a Trekkie, so that uh, Strange New Worlds uh, back on the Enterprise with Anson Mount, I think yeah, you know, that's a, a return to old school Trek. I'm, I'm keen mm-hmm. to see. Um, yeah. As like you said, there's a lot coming. I think you you pretty much covered it there. No, so I think to be fair, <laughs> yeah.
0: No, I'm, I think it's interesting that you you didn't focus in on some of the big the bigger releases, which I think again I think it's going to be a difficult year next year for a lot of the the movies that are outside of the the Marvels. Um, I think mm. for me, considering I'm such a big fan. I, I've got zero interest in Jurassic World Dominion, um, mm. which is obviously coming out. I'm not a big uh, Colin Trevorrow fan who is who is directing that. Um, you have got movies from the kind of, you know, some of the more interesting ones, that movies a couple of years ago that I wasn't listening to, that I wasn't that looking forward to, but the likes of Sonic the Hedgehog 2. I really enjoyed the Sonic the Hedgehog movie. I don't know why, but Sonic the Hedgehog 2 is coming out. Okay. It was fantastic. I thought i, I
2: I they really enjoyed it. it.
0: Jim Carrey in that best Jim Carrey's been in years. Best mm. Jim Carrey. Dr. performance Yeah, as as Doctor Robotnik. Yeah, he was was actually really really good. I'm trying to talk about movies that you know you guys haven't talked about, so I'll probably stick to the MCU. <laughs> um, you've got Sam Raimi di- returning to Marvel. Mm. Obviously, he directed the first Tobey Maguire three yeah. Tobey Maguire movies. He's returning to direct Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. I mean. Raimi with a movie that has madness in the title, like you just—it's just, <laughs> just going to match made for in punishment. heaven. It's a match yeah. made in heaven. The visuals of this are probably going to be incredible, you know. And I'm really, really looking forward to that. Probably the Marvel movie I'm most looking forward to next year would be Thor: Love and Thunder, um, which you know, again, we 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 talked a lot about previous Thor movies. I think the last Thor movie in particular, Ragnarok, was just so much fun. Um, so I'm really, really looking forward to 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 Love and Thunder to see what they do, they do with the character there. I think the Batman Phil, you mentioned the Batman uh mm-hmm. from the DC side does look amazing. The new trailer with Batman and Catwoman it appears to be more of a double hander, which is quite quite interesting. Yeah. Um, but very much looking forward to to that. Um I mean, I will just say about Top Gun, we talked about it, but Joseph Kaczynski, who directed that, is one of my favorite directors, actually. Uh, he directed Tron Legacy. He directed Oblivion, mm-hmm. um, two movies that I absolutely loved. I think visually stunning. And, I, and the things that they're doing with a camera in this just look incredible. Um, I think the fact that it's being put back so so lot so many times tells me that it's, it's good. I know that usually might not, but I think they're putting it back for a reason. Um, so yeah. I, think that's, I think it's going to be you know phenomenal. Um, and of course, you know, the movie, the movie I'm looking forward to most is Morbius the living vampire with my favorite, uh, Jared Leto. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I would never look forward to a Jared Leto film. <laughs> um, but there we go. <laughs> Lots to look forward to. Lots to look forward to. Yeah. Um, so gents, you know, obviously talking about 2022. I told you at the beginning about my own personal New Year's resolution, which is to be, well, let's face it, not nicer to my general co-host, but just nicer to Phil in general. <laughs> do, do you have a film, TV, movie, or personal New Year's resolution that you'd like to share with
2: the Movie Mouth podcast listeners? <coughs> start with you, Sean? Um, to get you guys to let me back on here more often, obviously. Um, we'll, <laughs> really, see, we'll see. we see what uh, the ratings are like it, on this. In all seriousness, yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> um, in all seriousness, actually, I re—I I actually do need to catch up on the MCU TV shows. The last one I did was *WandaVision*, so I really need to crack on with *Winter Soldier* and O'Keefe Yeah, you've said it to me enough times. Really, that's what I need to get that done before the end of January. Get up to speed. I mean. That'll do. Good luck with that. That's a lot of content. That's a lot of hours.
1: <laughs> How do you think I feel?
0: I've I mean, got about uh, ten films and five shows to watch. That's ten he's films. allowed to watch Spider Man?
1: <laughs> ten films. It's about ten came out this bloody year. I mean, I'm going to say it. My 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 resolution for the for this year is to watch Avengers Endgame. <laughs> I'm going to catch up. <laughs> Uh, and, the, and our you
0: listeners know, know that you've been saying that since the very first Movie Mouth podcast. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. Uh, yeah. And do you know what? The, the amazing thing is that that film for me is not spoiled yet. I still it's don't unbelievable. Know it's unbelievable. <laughs> I've got a sort of idea, but I still don't know what happens in that film, which I, I think can't is
0: believe that. I know. That hasn't been spoiled for you. But I, I will say that... A, that 1,000 listeners just jumped up and screamed, if we had a 1,000 listeners. Um, <laughs> but that is that you need to watch Infinity War first. Don't just go straight into Endgame, all right? So yeah. please watch <laughs> Infinity true. War first, then watch Endgame, and then I'll relax. What was the one before Infinity War? A- uh, Age of Ultron. Oh, yeah. That was
1: the last one I saw.
0: Okay. <laughs> Wait, so the last MCU movie you saw was Avengers Age of Ultron, or you've seen... Oh no! I've Black seen Black Panther, since... or have you
1: seen? I haven't seen Black Panther. I've seen some of the Captain America ones. Um, did you see Captain America's Civil War? Yeah, I saw Civil War. Mm-hmm. Good. We're uh, getting somewhere
0: now. Okay. Have, did you see Thor Ragnarok? No. Taika Waititi. You need to. No, I didn't. Yeah. Well, I, I think you should watch it. that anyway because you're going to you're going to like really I watched like the, the it. Tom really Holland
1: fun. the first Tom Holland Spider Man recently. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um well Yeah. I'm, I'm Our listeners me. are
0: literally just sitting there right now, listening to us talk about which MCU movies which you have seen and seeing. haven't seen.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think we should move on. Broadcasting yeah, goal. That's my new resolution. Yeah. Right. Watch Endgame. I've written it on a piece of paper in front of me. Watch Endgame. Okay. Done. Uh, thank. Goodness!
0: Can you burn that note like they did in No Time to Die? Just burn yeah, it. Yeah, right. And then we know it's your <laughs> resolution. Right, yeah, the resolution. GB5 and yeah, yeah. <laughs> regard. regarde on Regardé. the game. <laughs> uh, <laughs> on the game. All right. With that in mind, Sean big thank you from phil and i for joining us yet again thank and it. not only for today but also for joining us for our other three spoiler specials earlier this year it's been brilliant having you on and uh, we're looking forward to having you on again at some point in the new year so you can name drop all the other famous actors and directors that you've that you've met up with and yes. uh, best of luck let me see i can writing
2: let me see who i can meet next
0: weeks <laughs> Schmoozing darling Schmuzhing. <laughs> That was great guys Really enjoyed uh, best it Best of luck to time. you With your with your degree in, uh, in in screen screenwriting And do keep us updated yeah. we'll do. Thanks guys Cheers sure. So join us on the next Movie Mouth Podcast Slice of movie and TV Related podcast fun In 2022 But before then Please follow our Facebook And Instagram accounts At, at Movie Mouth Podcast And hit subscribe Or give us a nice Five star review on your podcast player of choice. Go on, start the year doing a good deed. Uh, You can also visit our brand new website, www.moviemouthpodcast.com, where we've got the latest podcasts available to stream, download from all the different podcast player apps, and also some fun merchandise that you can now buy in order to support your favorite movie podcast. Phil. Yes. That's just one last thing to say, isn't there?
2: Yeah.
0: Do you want to say it? Yeah. No. Don't want to. Sean, do you want to say it? Uh, uh, No, I can't. (coughs) Oh, for fuck's sake. I'll say it. Happy New Year, everybody. Happy New
2: New Year. Year! Happy New Year. (laughs) Goodbye. Goodbye.
0: Bye.
1: Bye. Bye.